Welcome to The World According to Jackie. I am super excited that you've decided to join us for this episode. Today, we are going on a journey that should never be undertaken without a great deal of trepidation and maybe a little preparedness. So if you're not prepared for this, hang on people. The ride gets more interesting from here. We're going into the world according to Bob Clark. <laughs> hey, Bob. hey, Jackie, how's it going? It is going super well. And I'm very, very excited that you took the time to be on this show and that we got the tech figured out and it's we streaming. Yay. Yes, we're streaming there. That is awesome. Because I know that sometimes Zoom and Facebook don't like each other. You know, and that's sort of like us. Sometimes we don't like each other on air either. But right. We, we managed to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy you, Jackie. So I'm. So we are definitely not Zoom and Facebook. We're more Zoom and Instagram. There we go. If you say so. I don't know anything about Instagram. So there we go. I'll start off this. In the world, according to Bob Clark, what's so good about Instagram? Uh, I just, Instagram, actually, I don't know much about Instagram. I just know that Facebook and Instagram are both the same company. So the programs work really well with each other. So that's kind of where I was going with on that one there. So the first question, you totally stumped me. There we go. All right. I'm on a roll. We, you we're are. Stump the Bob. So I'm going to not be able to see chat very often, but I will look for that in just a minute. In the meantime, Bob, would you please share with the world why you're in the world? What is it that you bring into the world that changes the world? I think the thing that I bring into the world that changes it is always a different mindset. And so one of the things is that my clients love about what working with us is we're always focusing on basically making sure that they're better. So a lot of people say this, you know, they'll talk about their passion. Like I just enjoy helping people. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, so in other words, you enjoy walking door to door, giving people a hundred dollars. Cause that's, that is help. If I walked to your door and gave you a hundred dollars right now, that'd be helping you. Well, no, I get more specific. So what really makes me passionate, what really I bring to the world is basically helping business owners get in front of multiple decision makers every single week and actually having conversations with them. And so then when a client comes to me and tells me that, Hey, I had a conversation, I networked with them and I made a big sale that brings me a ton of joy. There we go. All right. What's so difficult about that? What is so hard about getting in front of decision makers? There is so much noise out there. So the problem is that when most people do their cold, cold outreach, basically it's, hi, Jackie, I have a widget. Would you like to buy it? Or it's, hi, Jackie, would you like to sign up for my e-letter, newsletter, you know, ebook, or fill out by this form to basically you know, do a little survey? Hmm. And we're getting smart enough now as a, you know, basically as online marketers to know that if someone says, do you want to go sign up for my ebook or my newsletter? What you're really saying is, do you want to get into my sales funnel? And okay. so the idea is building a system that comes with complete value first, that isn't an obvious blatant attempt to get them in your sales funnel. Okay. So you're talking about front loading a relationship. Right. Yeah. This basically first thing is I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to give you something of obvious value that isn't, you know, there's no strings behind it. Well, and okay, so I'll buy that. So what's so difficult about getting in front of decision makers is that people don't know how to do it. Right. They, they don't know how to do it. Cool. All right. So now we got that. Well, hmm. Oh, we're going to have fun with this. We are. Why don't we know how to do this? I mean, we know how to get people to, to do other things. We motivate our children to do things. We motivate our partners. We know how to get people to do things. Why doesn't this equate over 
into our businesses so easily. Well, I think it's from a children's standpoint is most children know that you have their best, you know, best intentions at heart. Uh, okay. So going to a bar, I go up to a girl and I start talking to her. She has the assumption that I'm going to try and build a relationship with her. And the idea being is, again, she's going to be able to make a decision really quickly is, is she in that, you know, absolutely, which is very rare, probably, <laughs> maybe, or absolutely not. Because okay. I might just say hi to a girl and she might look at me and says, looks me up and down and says, ew, no, and be done. And so the problem is we don't know as a society know how to start that relationship cold from someone that you're not even looking in front of them mm. in a way that makes it very easy to do. Okay, that's true because a boy walks into the bar, he sees someone he wants to start a conversation with, he starts with a value add, may I buy you a drink? Yeah, or sometimes or it's just buy a drink, something there, yep. Yeah, or a compliment, you know? Mm -hmm. I noticed you because your eyes are whatever color your eyes are. Right. Um, Okay, so you're talking the same basic principle. You're, you're basically talking, how do we, some people know how to date, but how many people know how to flirt? Right, and also kind of to add on to that, so mm -hmm. let's just say we have the hot model girl. Okay. Okay, she has been approached so many times so horribly that she is instantly, you say, hey, I noticed your hair, can I buy you a drink? She's going to have her guard up mm -hmm. because how many, she's probably dealt with, you know, at the bar, 20 sleaze bags that day. Mm. So okay. as a business owner, you're getting messages on emails, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever it is. They've already dealt with 20 sleaze bags that day. And so they're going to be already apprehensive to talking to you. It's a valid point. All right. So let's go with three things that would make it easy for someone to be willing to have a conversation. We're not talking about being willing to buy. We've got to date first, people. Right. Here. So what, what would make someone willing to date when we're talking cold reach outs? Because this is a topic most people avoid. So that what I do and what my clients do is we offer them to be on a short nine minute podcast. That's and the true. idea being is because it's so short, they don't have to think about it. So like the idea is Jackie, we've already, we have a relationship. Mm -hmm. So when you ask me to be on your 30 to 45 minute podcast, because we have that relationship, I was more like, yeah, sure. Why not? It's Jackie. Now, random person comes up to me and says, do you want to be on my 30 to 45 minute podcast? Well, how many views do you have? Mm. What's the audience? You know, and I'm thinking I'm going to have all these different questions for them. What are the questions? You know, I, again, apprehensive because my time is valuable. But the idea being is if you make the podcast very, very short, then mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's going to take 15 minutes to record. No big deal. So and then the trick is, yeah. okay, yeah, go ahead. here's a magic trick. Mm -hmm. Tell them after the podcast, you'd like to use the rest of the half hour to network with them. There we go. There we go. And here's what goes is when they ask you what you do, get a very concise 30 second commercial and do this. For those of you who are, who are listening on iTunes or, you know, that see the audio, I basically took my lips and I shut up because the idea being is if your 30 second commercial doesn't give them enough to ask some questions, the commercial either sucks or they're not interested. That, that's basically in a nutshell. And my attitude is that I'm not going to try and sell someone who isn't interested in my product. Oh, there we go. Well, this is true because you do not try to sell. I no. mean, you know, I've been on your podcast twice. You absolutely. And as someone who, okay, true confessions of a sales trainer, I suck at sales. I absolutely do. I have been horrid at it. And the reason was because no one ever 
explained to me that it wasn't any different than selling a two-year-old on a nap. Right. That it was all sales. That took me decades to figure out that every single conversation is a conversation that includes selling someone on listening to you. And you're sold all the time on listening to other people. So somebody says something interesting, you reach out to them and you go, hey, I'm Bob, I'm the host of On Fire Ignites, and I do nine minute podcasts. I think you'd make an interesting guest. Something along those lines, it's more of like, I have a podcast where I interview this exact niche. And for me, it's B2B business owners and CEOs. Mm -hmm. It's six questions in nine minutes because the best know when to be concise and when to end. Love to have you as a guest. Ooh, you just flattered me. Yes. The best know how to be concise and when to end. What a great setup for someone to say yes, because who doesn't want to be the best? Correct. And here's the interesting thing I have found out through what we call it netcasting, because the focus is all about the networking and the you know, lead gen instead of the marketing, which is not a bad thing. Focus on marketing, but understand when you have different things, because you should be doing marketing and you should be doing lead gen. And there's a, obviously a difference in both of those things there. Mm -hmm. But basically the biggest idea being is, what was I saying? I blinked out there for a second. Brain fart. <laughs> that part here. No, the, okay. I remember now. The idea being is, the more hassle you have to do to get someone on a 15-minute podcast, the more of the client from heck they're going to be. So I use the netcast to audition people. As a, do you? Do I even want you as a client? It's not all about me. It's do I want you as a client? I'm getting a string of guests that the theme I'm hearing is no bad clients. No yes. bad clients. And I'm on that train. If there is a train that I'm willing to buy a ticket on, it is the no bad client train. So we're going to flip it because that's what we do here. All good clients. Yes. Yes. All good clients. Amen wow. to that. That works good. All right. So that's very valuable. How do you start with all good clients? If they don't have a nine minute podcast or they're not a podcaster, they're not a, they don't have a show host. They're not a show right. host. We'll call it that. What else could they do that would help them get to the decision maker? That is a good question. And honestly, I personally think netcasting is the best way to go or doing a short podcast. And here's what's going to happen. I know people from here, they're saying, I couldn't possibly do a podcast. Okay. Oh. So, so in other words, what basically, because the show's short, are you telling me you can't have conversations with clients? Because if you can't have this nine minute conversation about, you know, shooting the weather with a potential client, you probably need someone else to do your sales for you. Well, most people would agree. They would rather have someone else do the sales because they get so uncomfortable with this idea of I have to sell them. And what you're talking about is I just want to get to know them. Right. Because I may not build, like them. Right. Build a relationship quick. Because my belief is that there are two different teachings on, on sales right now. Mm. There's the Jackie. If you're serious about your business, you're going to hire me right now for this biggest sum of money. And if you're not, I completely understand. Hard sale, guilt sale, you know, that part there. The other extreme is, Jackie, I'm going to build a relationship with you, and I'm going to spend four months doing it with the Pope. I just hope that you might actually buy something from me someday. And the idea is finding a, finding a good middle ground. Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful um, analogy, because I have been in both extremes today. Right. Yeah. 
I have been with the very heart-centered, holistic business owners and healers and um, the FI charge for it, then it's, you know, this is my calling. I'm not supposed to receive money for it. And, and that's an interesting conversation when they come oh, to me to help them build their business. I can totally rant about that all day. I, yeah, I know. And we're not going to because they're lovely people and they perform an amazing service for everyone except themselves. Mm -hmm. and that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about when you're in the center between these two so that you're not hard, like, you know, yes, no, next, which was something that was taught to me. And I'm like, there's a lot, a lot, of, there's not a lot yeah. of hard in that, but it's pretty close to what you do. You know, you're more on that side of the, this is who I am, this is what I do, and this is why I think we should play together for nine minutes on my podcast. You're not asking them to make a big risk. No, it, that, that's it there. And again, if they argue with me about that nine minutes. They're not a I'm good like, fit. Go away. Yeah, okay. I've already forgotten your name. Sorry, you know, that's just, that's just how I am there. <laughs> so the fun part about this is for someone who says, okay, I'm not willing we'll go with willing. I'm not willing at this time to host a show. Um, and I used to be there because I wasn't willing. It, I got willing to host a meetup group. Mm -hmm. That was as willing as I got for a while. I got willing to stand in front of a room and do a workshop. That's as willing as I got for a while. You know, and then this whole thing called video and YouTube. And I was willing to shoot one video and open a YouTube channel that I put nothing else on for about six years. You know, I mean, so we all have our levels of willingness. Right. If someone's not willing to do a podcast or a show right now, one of the things they can do is they can get interviewed on other people's shows until they get comfortable with the medium. And then I, they can look. They can the do that. That is completely correct there. I have another right. idea that just popped into my head. Awesome. Okay. Simple thing there, you connect with someone, you know, via Facebook or LinkedIn, send them a message. Is there any content you have right now that you love me to engage with? Oh, that's a lovely message. Is there any content you have right now you'd love for me to engage with? So that's an open invitation to, I'm doing a masterclass. I have a webinar coming up. My book is coming out. Any of these things, if you are a content-driven entrepreneur, this is really interesting because you'd be doing this in service to other people, asking right. them to give you their content. So, And then they, they might just post, hey, I have a Facebook post or a LinkedIn post I just posted. Mm -hmm. Give me a like. And then you like, make a comment, and there you go. All right. So we're going to talk about a strategy here. We are not talking about the last hundred people who friended you on Facebook that no. you would do this for. We're talking about the people who you've identified as those people that you are the best suited to make the biggest difference in their lives or in their businesses. Absolutely. Okay. So we've identified who we want to talk to. Some people call that your ideal client. Some people call it your avatar. I call it looking in the mirror at who I was three to four years ago. Right. Okay. Or prospects. I say prospects. Okay. So you've identified where to find your prospects. You start throwing out some fishing bait, which is the, do you have any content that you mm -hmm. really want me to engage with right now? Somebody's going to love you immediately. If they've got a post, uh, they put an article on LinkedIn and you go over and you like it, read it, share it, comment on it and improve the engagement of their post. You've already got their attention. 
Right, because then they go, is because you, you, you led with value. Yeah. Find out what people find valuable is an interesting conversation in this day and age. Mm -hmm. So your question, is there content you'd like for me to engage with, does two things for you. I, this is brilliant, Bob, because it not only lets them know that you are willing to give first and that you're interested in what they do, but it also lets you know whether or not they create content because if they don't have any content, they may not be a good fit for you after all. Right? Yeah. And then oh, also the thing is that they're not doing content. Even if you're a content creator, they might not be a good fit because they're not going to see the value. And now you have to not, not only do you have to sell them on yourself, you have to sell them on the value of why content is important. Right. If they're not already doing some of it or they're not, unless if they come back and say, I don't have anything and I know I should. Buy a signal for a content to, person. Yeah. Then, then if you're a content person, you can say, Ooh, I get it. You know, it was really hard for me starting out and my clients tell me that it's the first article that was the most difficult to write. So here's a tip sheet on how to write an article. Exactly. Really good value for that person. Mm -hmm. Even if they're not your ideal client because you work with people who are more mature in their content, the idea is that they probably know people. You know, I like this strategy and I know that if someone, oh, by the way, people, if you want to have a shortcut to being interviewed, to being on someone's show, the fastest path is to go to Bob's show. And you can't go directly to a show. But, um, they go to your LinkedIn profile, right? Yeah, go to my LinkedIn profile, say that you mentioned me here. The people that I'm focused, that I'm interviewing are people in the B2B space, basically business owners and CEOs. Okay, so business owners and CEOs. And what kind of company do you like? the best uh basically as long as your product is high ticket in my mind high tickets at least 2500 okay that's so you know you and now someone's going to tell me that's not high ticket it's high ticket enough leave me alone <laughs> that's like how high is up you know <laughs> okay high ticket business owners and in the b2b space all right. right. So for in the business to business space, that's most of us in this day and age. It mm -hmm. really is a huge, huge territory. Whereas it used to be the majority of businesses were consumer based. You work directly with the end user. Now there's a bunch and I'm shifting that direction more and more because, well, actually I've, I've been that way for a long time. My first consulting gig was with other people who provided the same service that I did. So they were business owners, but they didn't see themselves as such. Right. Yeah. The entrepreneurial world has a very different language some days. In the entrepreneur, oh, here we go. Let's translate, Bob. Okay. In the entrepreneurial world, what do you call B2B? Business to business. Okay. What else? Um, that's pretty much it. Am I missing something here? Well, let's say that someone doesn't know that they're business to business. What might their business look like? What kinds of things might they do? Are majority of your clients other businesses? Are you helping their business out? In, in so, the language of the day, it might be, are the majority of your clients entrepreneurs? Yep. There you go. Entrepreneurs that would work as well. So yeah, someone who is an entrepreneur, someone, if you're training an affiliate marketer, Mm -hmm. That's B2B. Mm. 
Good point. Good point. And I, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we're all affiliate marketers. Okay. We know that there's a huge value in being on a stage, being an interview, being an interviewee, being an interviewer. We know that there's a lot of value there. What makes it so hard for people, Bob? Because you're right, it doesn't have to be difficult, especially in the age where everybody's used to being on camera now. Six right. months ago, this was a hard sell because everybody was afraid, at least it felt like everybody. A lot of people were afraid of being on camera. Now that we're getting more comfortable in this, mm -hmm. what else could be in the way? Um, I think they, they don't like how they look on camera. Okay. There's that, that possibility, there, there is that possibility there. Um, they're introverted, so they just don't like talking to people. Ah, yep. okay. And they don't, they're worried about their background. Okay. Well, I want to talk about, look how, look, okay, Mayor, I've done about over a thousand podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, 900. You know, close to, you know, we're getting close to that thousand mark, okay? Yes. My background literally is two fake plastic trees mm -hmm. and a wall. And if you yep. look right here, I kept this up right there on purpose. There's a little stain on the wall. Mm. You can kind of see it there. And I keep that there for one very important reason, to show you it doesn't need to be perfect. There we go. It does not need to be perfect. Yep. Okay. So backdrop secrets. Let's just pull back the curtain. Or in this case, the backdrop. There yeah. We Ooh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Look at this. These are stand banners from when I was doing live events. This is how I created a surround in a booth. And now these things pop up. My whole studio takes five minutes to put up. Yes. So we've handled that. Oh, and what about lighting? Oh my goodness. Bob, what do you use for lighting? Umbrella light right oh. there. Umbrella light right there. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a window here, so I got some black drapes. There we go. So you can- And then the idea is make sure there's light in front of you. One very important thing I'm gonna tell about, and this is gonna get me in trouble, but I don't care. No green screen. Okay, so we, that's why I have a hard background, you have a hard background, and it's about the weird things that a green screen can do. The problem is to have a really good green screen, you need to have studio quality lighting. You need mm -hmm. to light it just perfectly. You need to make sure you're wearing the correct clothing. You need to make sure your hair, yes, even your hair is, is per done perfectly. Your glasses, I mean, there's so many little nuances to when it comes to a green oh. screen. And I've seen people's whole heads disappear. Yes, so that's my whole thing is, yeah. here's the deal. You are not smart enough to do a green screen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just right here. And anyone who disagrees with me, you probably have done video production before. There we go. Um, or you just want to make it there. It's just, you're not good enough. I'm sorry. That's the, let's just put it. I, I'm going to make it even simpler. It's a time waster that is produces no return on investment. It does not make us look more professional. No, it doesn't. It can be fun. And in group meetings, they can be all kinds of fun. I love, you know, like Star Trek, you know, I, that my friends do. I don't because I just do this and I'm done no matter what I'm doing. But I'm going to come back to lighting because you have umbrella lights, which are these wonderful things. And I decided that I wanted to be closer to the wall. So no umbrella lights. I have good old fashioned table lamp with a yellow shade and a there you go. Yeah, Fine. and my whole mark, there, there's my whole life on a calendar. Yeah. Right. Um, so you get a 
the, the value of this conversation is that let's get you into being interviewed and being hosted. Why? Because the world needs your message. If you're listening to this, you probably have a message you want to bring into the world. And so between the two of us, this is all we do. Bob interviews people like me on his nine minutes. I interview people like Bob on my 30 to 40 minutes because we know that there's value in the conversation that happens live, that gets put up on a podcast. And it's not that I expect to monetize my podcast next week or even next month. Right. It is though that people can find me there. And it's like a credibility block. You know, you put enough credibility blocks in place, you stand above the rest. You can be seen and heard in a noisy background. Now, I want to talk about marketing, if that's okay. Oh, I guess it's fine. It's Please. the world according to Bob, after all. Exactly. So you mentioned how you don't have any expectations in a while to monetize your podcast. You're doing it as a long-term marketing piece. First off, that is great. Very good. Uh, you know, that part there. Thank you. I, my, my clients do it differently where we do a focus on you. The, the netcast is purely focused on networking and lead gen. Okay. Well, that's okay. When I was talking about monetizing, I was mean like people advertising on my podcast. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. You say, okay. Yeah. Oh no. I use it as networking and lead gen. Uh, my joint venture partners get first crack at my stage. These are the people I want to interview on my summit. They're the ones who have the most value to give to my tribe. And sometimes they're the ones I'm most qualified to help, or they're the ones most qualified to help me. Perfect. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So there we go. But yeah, this is about the purpose of doing a show is twofold for me. One, it gives me a bigger marketing footprint. Actually, it's threefold. Mm -hmm. Two, it gives me the ability to do joint ventures with people because I have an immediate value add when I have a stage, when I can offer them a, a microphone, if you will. And the third reason is it's a confidence builder for me. If I'm at the front of the room and I don't have to produce all the content, I've pulled all the pressure off. I can just ask you, hey, what do you think about and let you rip? Right. You know, it's the easiest gig in the world for building my credibility because I don't have to be the smartest cookie in the room. Mm -hmm. That is correct. So what else is it good for? We're going to give it one more shot and then I'm going to check and see if they've got any questions in the other chat. So what else is a podcast good for? Yeah. What else is it good for? We've talked about marketing which, and how do you do it? How do you use it for lead gen? Let's lead generation is becoming a fine art or a hot mess. It sort of depends on which way you look at it. So here's how I look at when I ask someone to be on my guests, okay? Mm -hmm. Jackie, we may, let's say we're at a networking event, a live one, mm -hmm. and we see each other and we have a conversation. We're going to have cocktails. You'll meet afterwards for one of three reasons. Number one, one of us wants to become a good friend of the other person, platonic or otherwise. Mm -hmm. Number two, one of us thinks the other person's a good lead. Number three, one of us thinks the other person's a good referral partner. Really, that, in a nutshell, that's why you have drinks with someone afterwards. And I've done it where I've met people at networking events. My best friend I met about a networking event. So totally get all three of those. Mm -hmm. So the focus is when you invite people on your short podcast, are they good referral partners or are they possibly good leads? Then do the podcast, offer the network for 15 minutes afterwards. 
-hmm. Look at their website beforehand. What a concept. And just have an idea. I understand you do this. Ask them about their business. Most mm -hmm. people, they ask me about my business. I give my 30 second pitch and then I shut up. If they start asking me questions, I'll say, we know we're limited on time. Let's schedule a time afterwards to talk a little more detail. Okay. So now we're going to talk about a key piece of information. It is never the right time to have a conversation spontaneously. You don't have control and no one's agreed to how long you're going to talk. Right. So setting an appointment is the hallmark of controlling the environment. This is how you lead people to like you is you're not pushing on them to talk in that moment. Right. Yeah. Very valuable. Very valuable. Yeah, that, I mean, obviously our strategy with the clients we go through, we go in a little more of the details, you have the scripts and all that little stuff there, but that's it in a one-on-one -on -one nutshell. Yeah. One-on-one -on -one nutshell. Give them value first, network with them second, and then make an appointment to have right. an in-depth conversation. If you hear buying signals, because if like, Jackie, you tell me that, you know, you are basically, you tell me you're a life coach, mm -hmm. just an example there. Yeah. And I'm not at a point right now where I'm looking to get, take any additional coaching. Mm -hmm. It's for, for various reasons we don't need to talk about right here. And I go, oh, that's nice. Or I mentioned that I'm not looking right now. Mm -hmm. Don't sell me more. You're just going to piss me off. Yeah. At this moment, my, one of my mentors says this way, I'm not in the business of convincing people. Right. Yeah. And I absolutely get that. So let's talk about the belief that it takes, Bob. What's the one thing that you believe about the number of potential prospects that exist for you? The, the number is yes. <laughs> you believe that there are enough yeses out there. To there are enough yeses. I don't have the exact number and I'm kind of a little literal at sometimes there. So I'm like, no, the number is yes. Yeah. Because again, it's more than enough. More than enough. That's a really good number. Wouldn't we all like to have that number? Just a little more than enough and maybe actually a little more than a little more. Um, great answer. When you come, and, and this is to everybody listening, when you come into marketing your business with the attitude that there's more than enough yeses out there, mm -hmm. no scarcity of people and businesses that you can help, you are only limited by your imagination Absolutely. and by your willingness to have conversation. Absolutely. I want to uh, talk about a story about this here. Mm -hmm. um, we believe in our office around January that we all got coronavirus. We had all the symptoms before it became a big, big deal there. So not sure, but I, I put money on it. Okay. So again, we haven't worked really for six weeks to two months. You know, doing bare minimum, keeping clients happy. And that's about the, that there because we're all just so exhausted. Mm -hmm. Guy comes to us and says, I want to basically, you know, hire you, but for half price. And we could have used the cash at that time. But we decided, you know what? No, because we're all about abundance and we know the right client's going to come across and not some person who insists, cut your price in half and I'll work with you. Because again, he'd be the client from heck. And I'm saying heck because Jackie asked me to. I did not, but I appreciate, I appreciate your sensitivity. And yeah. um, the truth of that is not to be lost. The client that you want is the one who is willing to invest in themselves at a level that makes 
value a parent, that they see the value in what you offer. I absolutely love that, Bob, because so many people are playing a fear-based game. Yeah. And I think this is not the right time for fear. I actually, I believe this is the time to take risks. This is the time to be just a little bolder. This is the time to be yeah. a leader and to set a better example of how business can be done. This is the time to hold and go for bigger. And by the way, sometimes you need a friend to help you in that hold position because there's a lot of people that have contagious attitudes. Right. I don't think Corona is the most dangerous thing out there. I think fear is. Mm -hmm. I think the fear of scarcity, the fear of not being in control, the fear of doing it wrong. I think that those are the three of the, we've got to find a fourth one for the four course of the apocalypse. Well, I want to tell you something because I have an opinion about this. Okay. Awesome. So I'm I became an adult during 9-11. Like I was 18. So basically I can, you know, that's when I was out there. So mm -hmm. I've been through 9-11. I've been through the financial crash of 2018. I've been through coronavirus. Mm -hmm. I'd say out of the last decade, you know, those have, or last 20 years, those have been our three major things that have happened to us as a country. Mm -hmm. Every single time one of those happens, someone comes out of that looking better. Every time someone comes Every out, time. so just so my attitude is understand there are people that are going to be coming out of the whole pandemic we're dealing with right now. They're going to be financially better than they were coming in. The question is, are you going to let yourself be one of them? That's a really good question. Are you going to let yourself be one of the people who come through this period of history thriving? And it is a permission-based endeavor, just like you do permission-based marketing and sales. You know, yep. may I and can I, and the, the niceties that belong in our language, they're the social lubricant that allows us to interact with other humans without getting all tense up about it. Bringing that back, some civility, and bringing it into your business by first giving yourself permission to thrive. And Bob, I just had a thought. The, what would hold people back from giving themselves permission to thrive? I think what would hold them back is they don't think they're good enough. I just had a thought that maybe what holds them back is, is more in tune of they don't want other people to feel uncomfortable if they're doing well when everybody else is complaining and feeling scared. I had a little bit of that actually. So, so again, a lot of the online marketers, as soon as the pandemic hit, they were doing the message of, I hope everything's doing well for your business during the pandemic. Cause they're, they're using that as to drum up business. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm you know, that's, I'm doing good. Thanks. Mm -hmm. So realize I'm like, I see all these people that are really struggling. There, there was again, a tinge. I'm not going to say it was, I wasn't like, you know, totally, you know, you know, well, like, no, oh you my guys gosh. Were sick for the first three months. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, you know what? I'm doing pretty darn good right now. And there was a little bit of guilt about that. So mm -hmm. I can relate to that there. And again, just a snitch, but enough to where I'm like, I can relate to the, I'm doing so well and everyone else is doing bad and that's not right. And I'm going to say that the greatest um, evil, oh, I use that word. Um, and I don't usually use that word. The, the greatest harm that you could do to another entrepreneur 
is to keep it a secret that you're doing well. Yeah. You need to believe it's possible. Just like you have to give yourself permission to do well. If you let them see that you're doing well, that might help them give themselves permission to do well. Especially if you're willing, like Bob is, to leave a stain on your wall so that people know it's not perfect. Exactly. Now, again, remember, it's not binary. Don't go from, I'm not going to tell you one to, look at me, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Woo! I'm low. You know, that part there. Don't be that person. Be the person who says it's possible. Be yep. the encourager. Be the, how can I help you find another way? How can I help you get creative? Because there are possibilities here. Right? There Jackie, I have an opinion. It's going to be yeah. very controversial. Can I say it? Of course. You Thank know you what? Yes. Do you know what I believe is the best way to help poor people? I mean, the poor? No, Bob. What do you believe is the best way to help poor people? Not be one. Ooh, there you go. Now you're gonna now people are gonna say, well, that's not the only way. No, I didn't say it's the only I way. I, I wasn't gonna say that's the only way. I was gonna say that's a great way. Yeah. I mean, let's face it, I cannot pull someone out of a ditch if I'm in the ditch with them. Exactly. Okay, so there we go. Let's get you out of the ditch first so that you can pull other people out of the ditch. That I works. like that analogy. All right. So if you are a business to business kind of person, you want to get on Bob's podcast, you know to reach out to him on LinkedIn, on Fire Ignites. And it is the Bob Hatter. Oh my goodness. Of course it is. I'm looking at your LinkedIn going, the Bob Hatter. All right. Yes. So Ooh, do we have time for the story of how I got, how I became the Bob Hatter? Oh, sure. Why not? There we go. Okay. So the short version is, I stumbled into political consulting. I literally, literally, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story right there. Stumbled into political consulting. Before I was a political consultant, I was a professional couch bum. Oh, now there you go. That's a leap. Okay. Yeah. So I, so I'm talking about there literally and no, I never had any desire. There was never any aspirations, but I'm in it. And so I'm talking to my friends that, okay, how am I going to get known in this industry? Because I'm not a Bush, Kennedy, Clinton, Trump, Sanders, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that part. You're not there. a name. Got right. That. Not a name. I don't have a political science degree and I'm not insanely rich. So I'm like, how am I getting known? So my friend and his uh, having, having too much drinks wisdom is like, man, you're going to be like the mad hatter of politics, aren't you? I'm like, let's work with that. So I started wearing a hat like this all the time. If you've ever been to a political event on either side of the spectrum, Every time you see somebody you know, you have to do the dorky, hi, and no one could look cool doing that, not even Brad Pitt. So when every time they would do it to me, I would just do this and go, just like that. And I got really known in the industry because of that. There you go. Sometimes standing out is just being willing to stand out, do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. A little differently. Yep. Awesome. That you did that story in a very short period of time. I think maybe you've done that before. Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> Bob, thank you. The, we actually answered what had come through, which was about how do you actually deal with this concept of I'm doing well and I feel bad telling anybody. So it's about how you share it. It's so, about how you share it there. It's, okay, here's the thing. If I, again, think about it as weight loss, because I'm currently on a diet right now, 
Okay. Okay. If I say I'm so happy that I release this amount of weight there, that's great. If I go up to someone who is struggling with weight, pull up, look at my six pack. Isn't it so awesome? Oh, look at it. Look at it. Look at my pecs. They're splashing against each other. They sound like meat slapping because they're so big. Uh, but you get the concept there. Yeah. One person is doing it from a place of, I'm so happy that I did this. The mm -hmm. other one is, you should be so happy that I did this. Oh, there you go. Share your happiness without the expectation that it's going to become theirs. Now, your best friends are going to be happy for you. But right. yeah, not, without the expectation. And it was funny, the world that you just brought us into with this concept of weight loss and how that would work, that's a visible change that sometimes people can see. And so maybe that's another way that you can share your abundance. You can share this idea that it's okay to give yourself permission to prosper right now mm -hmm. by letting yourself be seen on people's bodies pod bobcasts on people's podcasts and youtube channels let yourself be seen as a successful person so if you work in the b2b space reach out to bob if you are a woman entrepreneur or you serve woman entrepreneurs or you have a world that you want to share with the world a message because i work with message driven people and mission driven people and Bob, if you had a mission in the world, what would it be? Help other, help other business owners make money, not get scammed. Ooh, help other business owners make money and not get scammed. There we go. That's a good mission to have in this day and age. So thank you all for joining us. Bob, thank you for being on The World According to Jackie Simmons and You're for welcome. sharing The World According to Bob Clark.